0: going on Defenders? It is the tail end of a very good weekend and the tail end of a fantastic result at LAFC. For those of y'all tuning in, welcome to episode 147 of the most LAFC podcast in the solar system. For those who don't know me, My name is Christian Philly Philemon, the self-proclaimed beast from the East and the toast of the East Coast. And joining me at three feet away in beautiful Burbank, California in Phila Monster Studios, we have the mouth of the South Bay, J.R. Liebert. The
1: scarf! And oh man, does it feel good to come back from the bank, almost voiceless, luckily, We've been here at Monster Studios making sure that the vocal cords are nice and lubed up and ready to go for this episode. Thank you, McDonald's. What an incredible night at Bank of California Stadium. First night match of the season. And boy, there were a lot of people
0: at the bank tonight, Philly. 67% of 22,000 is 14,000... and change. I had the number. I forgot the number. I don't want to quote it and get called out on it. But it was a ruckus crowd at Bank of California Stadium. And I would say we were probably a good, what, 60 or 30 or so days away from getting full capacity, hopefully. Earlier today on KTLA, the Dodgers announced that they would start selling tickets to pack the house at Chavez Ravine. There's no doubt in my mind that Bank of California Stadium would follow suit, perhaps later, in terms of announcements than everybody else, but Scarf, despite not having a 22,000-filled house, the 14,000 and change, and the millions... And millions. ...were treated to a very fantastic game today. All right, so
1: I'm looking at the official announcement, 10,483.
0: Dang it, I was off.
1: No, it's okay. That's how many tickets they they had available, but it looks like about a a 50% capacity at the bank, the cathedral. Of the black and gold. More importantly, a relatively full-throated 32-52 out there. The drums were incredible. The chants were absolutely incredible. And I have to say, oh, oh, my oh. favorite moment of the match had nothing to do, nothing to do with anything that happened on the pitch, on that beautiful grass on Bank of California Stadium's pitch. Nothing to do with that. It was in about the 80, what is it, 81st, 82nd minute. We're up 2-1. The stadium is electric. We kind of feel a little bit like we're holding on. Colorado really seemed to press us pretty well towards the end of the match. But I look over in the north end, and what do I see? Jump for LA Football Club. And I see arm in arm shoulder to shoulder there must have been hundreds locked together doing jump for la football club the rest of the stadium kind of caught on after a couple of rounds of it and that is what i miss about bank of california stadium sure philly we couldn't tailgate on christmas tree lane We couldn't do a lot of those things that we normally like to do, but there was so much normalcy at Bank of California Stadium today, starting with Ken the Falconer and the Falcon flight and ending with Jump for LA Football Club in about the
0: 80, what is it, 82nd, 83rd minute or so. What I was missing, what you were missing, what all of us were missing was an LAFC win. We hadn't had one in quite some time. In fact, the last time we had a win was at Bank of California Stadium against FC Broccoli. At the bank, we've won one, we've tied one, and we won another. Let's get it. Into it momentarily, but Scarf, yes, sir. we we can't move on to the game recap against the Colorado Rapids. I just realized I don't have a cute, fun little nickname for them as of right now. Maybe I'll, I'll think about that as the pro- podcast goes, but can't wait. let's transition to this day in LAFC history.
1: That's right. This day in LAFC history, Philly, of course, the match was on the 22nd of May, 2021. One and Philly all the way back in our inaugural season, 2018, not a month prior did we open up Bank of California Stadium on the 29th of April, but on the 22nd. 2018 Philly, an electric atmosphere at Bank of California Stadium as LAFC hosts Borussia Dortmund, Ah, the Bundesliga side, the first international friendly in club history. Of course, the game ending 1-1. And yes, we got to see Christian Pulisic. Yes, we got to see Jaden Sancho. But here in world famous Philemonster Studios, right where I sit to record about three or four feet above my head are two little gifts that I got from my friend here, Christian Philly Philemon. They are signed team cards by Andre Shirley and Mario Götze that we also got to see that day. Aaron Kovar, if you had uh, Aaron yeah. Kovar. On your Defenders of the Bank bingo cards, please mark him off right now in the 77th minute scoring for LAFC, by the way, after subbing in for Carlos Vela in the 26th minute and Maximilian Philippe. In the 87th minute, Finding the Equalizer, I'm going to throw some names out here for you, Philly, who made their LAFC debuts. How about the most interesting man in Major League Soccer, Charlie Lyon. Charlie Lyon. We interviewed
0: Charlie Lyon. Wait
1: for this next one. We all remember our fan favorite in the 46th minute. It was a Shaft Brewer Jr. sighting. Don't blink. And then here's, (laughs) I like what you did there. And then here are two names, Philly, that we don't get to mention nearly often enough on this podcast. Great names in LAFC history. In the 60th minute, that would be Nico. Chornamage huh. subbing in for the first time. And James Murphy in the 73rd oh, minute. Old school. Let's talk about names we don't get to talk about very often. What a fun night that was, Philly. I got to hang out the night before with some of the members of the team at this little meet and greet event. Philly, what's the name of Borussia Dortmund's mascot again? E- I don't remember. Emma, Emma. that's right, Emma. I took a picture with Emma. A- and look, that was only in 2018. We're in 2021 Jeez, that seems so long ago. Why is it, Philly, that I have very little gray hair in that picture, but I look at us on 110 Football today, which we'll talk about in just a second, and there's there's nothing but grays, my friend. What an incredible night. And I don't want to forget mentioning the other bit of LAFC news that happened on this date on the same day, just so they could sweep it under the rug. LAFC announced the uh, signing of Steve St. Duke. And don't worry, don't look him up didn't have anything to do with LAFC and their black and gold career.
0: That's hilarious. Also, are a couple of days removed from the birth date of the 3252 scarf. That's right. And, and interestingly enough, the 3252 get to share their birthday with your favorite LAFC forward of all time. The man, the only man, probably the only person that I know of, that you have ever wrote a song for. I don't even think Nina, his significant other, has a song written for her. I am talking about none other than Brian. I seem to sing this name frequently, Brian. I can't
1: wait to see how this saga ends
0: (laughs) we're talking about it ends in uruguay
1: well we're talking right we're talking about a club in almeria who literally sent brian home and did not play him in their next match but what we found out this week of course the news that broke is that if almeria get promoted the automatic trigger clause to buy brian rodriguez goes into effect is it like if I don't want him do I have to buy him can I send him back nope the the rule is apparently Almeria you agreed the poison pill clause like I've never heard before he's all yours if you get promoted oh my god what are we gonna do with that Philly Uh, it's just it's rough did want to mention one other quick thing Philly a shout out to our very good friend of the podcast, former guest on one of our earlier episodes, our first interview of any LAFC player, we want to give a big shout out and some well wishes and a speedy recovery to Philip Ejumadu, who we found out underwent season ending surgery this week. So a big shout out to Philip Ejumadu.
0: Big shout out to Philip. Absolutely. Scarf, it's been interesting. It's been really interesting. Just having been a part of a fan base and a supporters group like LAFC, we've gone through an awful lot together. And the thing that we haven't gone through that often is a losing streak. And fortunately, our losing streak ended. So that being the case, why don't we get into the match against the Colorado Rapids?
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. Phoenix Rising beating Las Vegas Lights 5-1 behind oh, a
0: goal. Seems like everybody's beating Las from Vegas Cal Lights. Kyle
1: Jennings. No, you're absolutely right, Philly. Let's get right into it. It was a much-anticipated match for you and I because this is where we thought we could really write the ship. Let's talk about real quick on the injury front, Philly. I'm going to go into just one for Colorado, and he got to feature right before the match. He came out in a beautiful crimson pullover, and I got to say it was really nice to see back at the bank LAFC legend Steven. Beta Shore. Beta, we miss you, buddy, and we are so yeah, we glad did. we got to see you back at the bank. But you mentioned Philly, I believe, on One More Sleep. Just two names on the injured list. We got Eric Duenas and the mysterious knee injury. They haven't said what it is, but it didn't look good for Mahala Poku when he went down in the last Las Vegas Lights game. But no Mahala and no Eric Duenas, Philly. But what I was really looking forward to was seeing a designated player out there for Colorado. That was never going to happen. And Philly, let's get into the starting lineup for the Colorado Rapids. Normally, they like to run a bit of a 4-4-2. It's William Yarbrough in keeper. He, of course, the backup keeper for Leon when we went down there to Estadio León, and look, he didn't get any run during that whole Champions League run-up, but we definitely talked about him on the podcast when we went to go play León. You got Keegan Rosenberry, Lala Abubakar. you got Wilson and Trusty rounding out the back line, Sam Vines, you got Price, you got Acosta, you got Michael Barrios, you got Diego Rubio, but a player that I want to talk about real quick here for just a second. Let's talk about number 26, Cole Bassett, this kid is 19 years old and has been given every opportunity to succeed with the big club. He is a homegrown, he's had five games, three starts, two goals. And I'm going to be honest with you what I've seen from Cole Bassett in highlights, what I've seen from Cole Bassett in previous matches not involving LAFC. He did not live up to the hype. He had an absolutely terrible game today for Colorado. And I was shocked where I was sitting up there with the twins and we were talking about it shocked that it took Colorado till the 80th minute to sub him out. But that is the lineup for Colorado
0: Philly, a big name back in the lineup for LAFC. Absolutely. But before I get into that, I do want to mention a couple of things earlier in the day. And interestingly enough, earlier in the day, LAFC made an announcement that they sent six boys on loan to the Las Vegas Lights. The Las Vegas Lights went over to Phoenix to play the Rising during the same time that LAFC engaged in battle with the Colorado Rapids. Those boys were Tony Leone, Cal Jennings, Mohamed Triori, Alvaro Quesada, Bryce Duke, and Christian Torres. Now, we got a lot of comments on our post about this, and I wanted to address a couple of things. There are a lot of people that were really pissed about this, saying that, uh, you know, they're breaking up our team, etc., etc., I do want to make the following statement. LAFC has 28 players on their roster. Normally, throughout the course of a game, 18 of them dress. Two of them were injured, Mahala and Dueñas. So my question to all of you who are upset about these players going to Las Vegas, what would you have liked them to do? Would you have liked them to sit in the stands and do Nothing. The boys need playing time. The boys need to train. The boys need to do something other than go to practice and sit on their butts at Bank of California Stadium. So the fact that these six boys went over to Las Vegas, and granted Las Vegas didn't have a great performance, it was better that they went ahead and did so. Now, Las Vegas lost, what was the score, Scarf? All right, so so we got to talk
1: about this, Philly. Five one, gross. Another uh, ready butt for, kicking. I'm going to throw a couple numbers out you that, that out at you that I have never read on any statistics line. I know we're about to get into the LAFC match, but how about 18 corner kicks given up by the Las Vegas Lights? Jeez, how about how about this, Philly? You ready for this? 41 shots. What? And according to ESPN's app. 20 shots on goal for the Phoenix rising 41 shots 20 on goal 15 saves made today an incredible wow 15 saves made today by Las Vegas's keeper Alexander Rando I believe was the name for Las Vegas's keeper certainly no Rando on the day he might have set a USL record with those 15 saves but yeesh trouble is a Bruin all the names you mentioned by the way that were loaned out did feature in today's match they I, need to play I, I mentioned it really quickly because I didn't know we'd be talking about it for this long but Cal Jennings with the second goal in the Las Vegas lights LAFC era even though we lose 5-1 Danny Musovski, the former Las Vegas product getting the first goal in LAFC Vegas lights history but congratulations to Cal Jennings 41 shots, 20 on goal.
0: That's clown shoes. I can't believe it. But anyway, I, I just wanted to address that. And as a player, I'm sure these guys were happier to play. Maybe not happy to get their butts kicked, but happy to be out there playing rather than sitting. Anyway, getting into the LAFC lineup. Between the pipes, Pablo Cisniega, Chiqui Palacios, Eddie Segura, Jesus David Murillo, Tristan Blackman, running out the back line. In the midfield, you have Jose Cifuentes, Edward Atuesta, Mark Anthony K. No the blessing. Forwards, Diego Rossi, Corey Baird, and of course, a name that we've been waiting to feature for a long time, a name that strikes fear in the heart of all the opposing teams in Major League Soccer, the king, the man with the left foot of God, Carlos Vela returns to the roster. I mean, was there
1: any better moment during the match or... They announced Carlos Vela. The place goes nuts. And and honestly, I just... You got that feeling like LAFC was going to come out and be a very, very different club from Minute 1 and Philly. That was absolutely the case. Just 32 seconds in. Diego Rossi with a header over the bar. But I put in my notes, let's go. Because immediately... You saw Rossi more comfortable with his role out there. You saw Carlos Vela orchestrating some things. You saw a very comfortable Corey Baird. I'm really looking forward to seeing these three play with each other up front. But then you had your midfielders really working well together. Mark Anthony Can, Edward Azuesta in particular today, having some pretty solid games. We'll get into Latif Blessing a little bit later on. But, Philly, it took just 32 seconds for LAFC to announce their presence with authority, and I just got the feeling, I turned and I looked over at the Twins, I said, we need an early one here to kind of step on their throats, and that early one would be coming, but Michael Barrios, Philly, as he he would be for the remainder of the match, a thorn in our sides. Philly, a turnover to Barrios in the third minute, but just... Missing
0: wide. Man, that kid is fast. Michael Barrios is usually the setup man, leading Colorado this season thus far with assists. Normally, he is the man that'll get the ball to Diego Rubio, who is their leading scorer. I was beyond impressed with the Jets that Michael Barrios had. He was off to the races, but hunting him down like a Terminator. Jesus David Murillo, and that's a big man. Murillo against Barrios, that is one heck of a mismatch. It's like Andre the Giant facing Hornswoggle. I mean, there was a massive, <laughs> massive difference in terms of size. And Mario's mere presence was enough to make Barrios shook because he took that shot and it was wide, absolutely wide. Philly, I learned something
1: today at a Major League Soccer match. I learned that if you throw in the ball, and it never actually goes in bounds you just, <laughs> you just get a do over
0: ah uh, yeah uh, i think the that penalty that's tristan yeah
1: yeah the penalty for doing it twice in a row is you have to bring orange wedges for the next practice but <laughs> he only did it once so i'll never know what happens if you don't if you only do it once without messing it up but philly apparently tristan blackman just got a redo on his throw in right after mark Mulligans. anthony k made an offside run but again another good attacking run mark anthony k From Carlos Vela, his header saved pretty easily in the box. And then in the ninth minute, a late offside call, but a great ball from Corey Baird to Diego Rossi. And what I noticed in Philly, I know you noticed it too. First 10 minutes of the match, we've got called for a couple of offsides. We've had some decent chances so far. We are steamrolling ahead, and for some reason, Colorado not pressing a high line at all, really waiting for us to come back to them, and we knew eventually we would get the break that we needed, and Philly, it would come. In about, what, the
0: 14th minute or so. Indeed, really quickly, I do want to mention one thing. In the 11th minute, Colorado had their first real attempt off of a set piece, but LAFC played it well. The reason why I mention this, again, I want to harp on it. Last season, LAFC was not very good with set piece defense. Over the course of this season, Colorado is a team that has scored three times off of set pieces during their winning streak, okay? LAFC had not conceded a goal off of a set piece until last week's match against the Seattle Sounders when they had nobody by the far post and they got caught snoozing. LAFC took care of that well. Colorado, on the road, is a very dangerous team. Despite their efforts over last season and the year before, believe it or not, when their head coach took over the mantle in 2019, and I'm talking about Robert Frazier, a man who has seen success, a man who was an assistant to Greg Vanny when Toronto FC won their domestic treble, a man who has seen a MLS Cup being on the coaching staff of Real Salt Lake. He was also a head coach. Chivas USA, by the way, 2011. This is a team that on the road has done well. We were worried about the set-piece defense, but LAFC was able to thwart that first effort. But we get a goal. Corey Baird with a beautiful pass to Diego Rossi. And Rossi, I can't exactly say he knocked the threads out of the ball, but it was still good enough to be his second goal of the season. And if we listen to the replay, even Max Bredos was caught a little bit off guard. He didn't even know how to call that because he was like, whoa, Like you see the Ball rattling in. Eh, eh, eh. Pass Yarbrough. Goal.
1: Look, all it takes for a player the caliber of Diego Rossi is to get the goalie off their line just a little bit. Clearly, Yarbrough caught on his back heels. He was actually sent on his can at the end of it there, just kind of forced to to look back and watch this ball trickle by. He definitely didn't get a lot on it, but when you have a pass like that from Corey Baird and you have moved the goalie to a spot where he did there near the middle of the goal box, able to feed it through to that bottom left corner, an absolutely beautiful goal for Diego Rossi. And we are now just 15 minutes or so in. But Philly, you mentioned it before there in the 11th. It happened again in the 17th. Another easily dealt with set piece by LAFC. Excellent defending. 19th minute Carlos Vela to Corey Baird where it was just poked away for a corner. And we looked great, by the way, off of that corner and the subsequent possession. Several shots that were blocked down. But again, we're really pushing the action. But for me, Philly it was the 26th minute where I will say it was the first real left foot of God moment in a long time where you saw Carlos Vela take that ball on the right side, try to dribble to his left and use the left foot of God. (laughs) Corey Baird left it for Carlos after a great dummy by Carlos to allow Corey Baird to get the ball, a little give and go between those two just over the bar and wide. And I just had visions of not sugar plums dancing in my head, but (laughs) visions of hat tricks dancing in my head. The last time LAFC played Colorado on that end of the pitch, it was Tim Howard letting in three goals Ah, by the legend carlos vela and i saw it again happening before my own eyes i wanted it so badly but what was more important for me in that moment is i said to myself there it is There's the left foot of God. There's that cheekiness. There's that skill. His ability to find his shot in the smallest of windows, a la Steph Curry needing to make a tiny dribble, a little step back to find a window for a three, a la the great Tom Brady with a little functional mobility in the pocket. You've got to be
0: kidding me.
1: Threading a touchdown pass. Down the field for Tampa Bay, you see these great athletes of all time. It's become
0: a drinking. They, game, they need Tom Brady such a
1: small window to make things happen, and that's what I saw with Carlos Vela in that moment. You're welcome. All right, I.
0: Love you. This Tom Brady thing is driving me nuts.
1: That's the second time today, by the
0: way. Yeah, it really is. It it, it, it never ceases to amaze me. One thing. So Rossi (laughs) won that ball from Abubakar. That was a great foot race (laughs) that led to that. So that was fantastic. I'm still, uh, my teeth are (laughs) chattering thinking about Tom Brady. It it really... So so, 33rd minute, Vela has a beautiful cross that bounces off and Barrios I want to make mention this play it's not going to go on the stat sheet but it was really interesting so Barrios was about to go off to the races but Vela hustled hustled back and managed to kick the ball out of play. So for those of you who say Carlos doesn't play defense, he's a one-dimensional kind of a player, that's not true. Carlos Vela saved an instance in which Michael Barrios, had he broke through, would have had a completely wide-open opportunity at Pablo Cisniega, but Vela was there taking care of business. And a minute after that, we have our second goal of the game. Carlitos Finds Diego Rossi, and Rossi hits the back of the net for his brace. We got a goal. LAFC up 2-0. Such a difference when Carlito is Carlitos is firing on all cylinders. 34 minutes into the game, we're up 2-0, baby. Philly, first of all, let's
1: talk about his first shot versus the second shot. Diego Rossi left no doubt on that second one. He caught all of it there and blistered it in the back of the net. But you mentioned Carlos Vela. I have to mention Tristan Blackman on this play. If you get to go watch the highlights, please watch the buildup on this play. It is Tristan Blackman with a perfect ball to Carlos Vela. You got to go back and watch this pass because Carlos is able to take this pass in stride, which then allows him to find Diego Rossi. And it is the epitome of of the hockey assist in soccer, especially in Major League Soccer. I know Nina was pretty upset about it. They have two goals. How do they have three assists? Well, welcome to Major League Soccer, especially in the regular season. You can get an assist. uh, You can get credit for the hockey assist, and it was of the utmost quality. A beautiful pass from Tristan Blackman to Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela to Diego Rossi, and even Major League Soccer Philly tweeted it out. You love to see it, because you know what? The rest of Major League Soccer was put on notice in the first half. We are who you all thought we were. To paraphrase the great Dennis Green's rant, On the NFL coaching circuit, LAFC announced their presence yet again with authority. Two goals through the first 34 minutes, Philly. And in my head,
0: the only song I could hear playing were the boys are back in town. Ooh, a little bit of Thin Lizzy for your audio palette. Very, very nice. Now, I want to say that that was the only goal because it was the only goal. And this is exactly what we needed to start things off. You said it. This is what we remember. This is the team that we supported when you say Tristan Blackman and then you say Tom Brady, there is only two, one in a set of initials that I care about, the TB. Tristan Blackman, no more Tom Brady. Can we please agree to have no more Tom Brady on the podcast? I will not
1: bring him up for the rest of the podcast. But oh, Philly, but
0: not for the rest of the podcasting. I, I get that. All but right, Philly, fine.
1: let's talk about the other thing that happened after that goal real quick. Okay. They brought back the Diego Rossi Oh, chant. yes. Yes. That was incredible.
0: Diego Rossi. All of I'll a see. sudden,
1: the thirty-two fifty-two 52 Rossi. It, oh, it wasn't the 11th minute. Oh, the See, I, missed that, Philly. I don't know how you the first feel about goal this. The but every game, that first and second season, when the 11th minute struck on the clock, that the 32:52 just used to go right into it. To the Diego Rossi chant now look I appreciate that they don't do it every 11th minute like they used to because this was a breath of fresh air and it just felt so good to bring back the Diego Rossi chant Philly to be perfectly honest uh, Oh other Diego
0: than, Rossi Oh boy Oh Diego Rossi he scored the first goal against, against the, the sounders. sounders. He scored the first goal against the Sounders, Diego Rossi. I was there for that. I love that song.
1: Other than a nice little piece of defending, by the way, in the 39th minute by Cheeky, uh, that was pretty much it. I mean, look, let's, let's be real. Colorado had a couple of close chances there, closing one out there in the 40th minute, a header wide off of a corner from Colorado. This was not a perfect half. For LAFC, very easily could have conceded once or twice, yep. especially off of those set pieces. Once again, however, to end the half and go into the locker room up two nothing was a huge confidence boost, not just for the players on the pitch, Philly, but for everybody at Bank of California Stadium and the millions and
0: millions of the black and gold faithful. Two nothing at the half, Philly. Yep. Three shots on target. We had three shots on target throughout the course of the entire Sounders game. This is the way we have to have a first half. Possession, 58% to 42 Passing accuracy, they were taking care of business, 84%. We had a fair amount of fouls, six on, uh, six on each side, couple of corners, and that was the story there. In terms of aerials, one, hey, that was all uh, Colorado. In terms of dribbling success, that was all LFC. In terms of long ball passing percentage, that was all Colorado. But it was still nice to see that the black and gold had three shots, eight shots, three on target. Colorado Colorado had five none on target. Cisniega didn't get tested, but there were a couple of instances in which they did come close. That is the first, uh, stats for the end of the first half. Let's get into the second half, Scarf, and uh, the uh, the first goal happened kind of quick. Yeah, it didn't take long.
1: You had mentioned we Michael. weren't even sitting down. No, yeah. I mean that's true. You mentioned Michael Barrios, and he was put through on a beautiful pass there. It was was that Diego Rubio that sprung him. Who was the guy that? Sprung it was him from Rubio. The pass? It so was normally Rubio, it was right? Barrios feeding Rubio. In this
0: case, it yeah. was Rubio
1: feeding Barrios. Rubio, that pass was absolutely brilliant. Got behind the defense, and and look, Pablo was actually in a decent position. I believe he went five hole on the keeper there on Pablo. Not sure what Pablo is supposed to do. 1v1 with a player like that. And again, I don't put this one on Pablo. Would it have been nice that he made the save? Yes, but we'll talk about when he does make just a couple of minutes later. But Philly, a little bit of a frustrating mental lapse, I think, coming out of the half just a couple of minutes in. Was it the 49th minute? I think it was. Michael Barrios bringing one back for Colorado, and all of a sudden it's 2-1. But I I never got the feeling, at least not up until maybe the the 80th minute or so, that LAFC was having to do anything to hang on to the match they were up pretty comfortably two one there'd be some formation changes we'll talk about there'll be some other stuff but I really wasn't too worried about things even though we had just recently had our lead cut in half
0: yeah no Colorado came out in the second half playing a lot better and over the course of the second half their 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 passing was a bit more crisper they attacked a little bit more so they 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 turned things around. They made it somewhat of a game. The the, the lapses in, in mental judgment. I mean, they got caught snoozing, I guess you could say. It was a great ball that found its way to Barrios. I mean, sometimes stuff like that happens, but that's the story there. 57th minute, I got to say, there was some great footwork by Jose Cifuentes. Jose Cifuentes, in terms of the fighting for the ball, getting through things, crossing the midfield, dribbling. So Jose Cifuentes had a much better game today than he has over the course of the past couple of games. 59th minute, Vela, also with some fancy footwork, trying to cut some angles, ball gets out of play. That's the story there. But, hey, 60th minute, we had Carlos Vela for about an hour's worth of play, and we get our first sub. LAFC brings in Danny Musovski for Carlos Vela. Now, now, Scarf, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think Vela came out too soon? Was was Carlos tired? Do you think it was a good sub? Could Carlos have got more? What are your thoughts on that? Look, real
1: simply, it's a pitch count, my friend. It was an absolute pitch count. I think it was the game plan for no matter what was happening. Carlos was going 60 minutes tonight. And that was it. Danny Musovsky, if you watched him even warming up before that, he was the only one warming up on the side, doing a couple things. He absolutely knew he was going in at about the 60th minute. So it was totally planned, totally choreographed, totally orchestrated. It just happened to come at a time where, look, yes, we had given up a goal. But right before that, Philly, you mentioned it. He tightropes the end line in the 59th minute. Probably because it's like that player. Philly, you were a basketball player in yeah. high school. You look, over, you look over at the bench and you know that that kid's coming in for you. You're telling me you're not jacking up a three or getting to the rim if you can right before you know you're about to go out. That's Fair exactly enough. what Carlos Vela did as he came along that sideline, a little tightrope down there. And I do also want to mention the ball that he sent in to Corey Baird, yeah. a great save by William Yarborough right before then. I thought what we saw was kind of the most concentrated peak of his powers, Carlos Vela, in those last three or four minutes, because I think he was trying to steal that one right back that Colorado had just gotten. But you're absolutely right. Danny Musovsky coming in for Carlos Vela, and right on cue, it's Pablo Cisniega having to stand on his head with Carlitos out of the match. It's San Pablo's turn to save us a great save on Michael Barrios after a bad giveaway, basically a yep. 1v1 with the keeper. But you know what? Pablo came out. He got big. The shot went right to his chest. It wasn't a very good shot by Barrios, to be perfectly honest. But Pablo was where he needed to be. And this is one of those saves that I'm not so sure Pablo makes in last year's action. So I was really happy to see how Pablo did there. And then a little A little shoulder shiver, a little stiff arm there for Jose Cifuentes, earning a yellow card in the process. And I really thought, Philly, from about the sixtieth to the eightieth minute, we'll get into it a little bit more in depth, but it got real, real chippy real, real quick.
0: <laughs> yeah, Rubio got into it with Pablo Cisniega for a little while, and you like to see a little uh, the fire that Pablo Sisniega has Rubio, for as good of a player as he was he 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 started getting on your nerves as you're watching him throughout the game he's He's falling, I think he fell down for what was looked like a really soft foul. They call The refs call the trainers out and then all of a sudden Rubio miraculously got to his feet. You know, it's stuff like that, that that drives me crazy, especially after watching like Stanley Cup playoff hockey. When you see a guy like Rubio falling over and then the trainer comes out and all of a sudden he's up, it's a miracle. Stuff like that really frustrates me. But it, but it is what it is. They were starting to get chippy. That was, that was fine. Yellow card on Rubio in the 69th minute. Definitely got the yellow card. Three minutes later, set piece for Edward Atuesta. He kicks it over the crossbar. We got some subs for the Rapids. Abubakar is out. But then we have some more subs for LAFC. Jose Cifuentes and Corey Baird come out and into the game. Kim Moon Juan and Latif Blessing. Is there a lineup in Major League Soccer? that
1: becomes more versatile, problematic, and speed-filled than our lineup when you put Kim Moon-Hwan and Latif Blessing out there on the pitch at the same time. Uh, I do want to mention, Philly, the absolute eruption that happened. The second largest cheer of the night for any player's name happened when the star man, Playing on the right, the game changer. Our super sub, number seven, Latif Blessing, came in off the bench. Philly, you would have thought they announced Mick Jagger out there. It was incredible. He's got the moves like see, Jagger, all right. That's yes, absolutely right. To see the fans and the supporters' response to Latif Blessing Coming into the match, I thought it was a brilliant sub by Bob too because it bought us about 10 minutes of great play. Latif, Blessing buzzing all around the pitch. But I've said this, look, we said it on 110 Football when we were on their post-game reaction show tonight. I loved, absolutely loved from what I saw for Kim Moon-Hwan. I thought he looked great in limited minutes, I'm seeing, again, we talked about they're not sugar plums, but this time in the second half, <laughs> I've got visions here of, of wingbacks attacking, these fullbacks <laughs> coming down the wing, much like we did in 2018, 2019, much like a Stephen Betashore used to even for LAFC, who, again, missed that guy so much. It was good to see him in the building today. But... It was just what I saw from Moon was the ability to keep the pressure on, keep possession, keep attacking. All those little things that Moon did, I thought really improved
0: our chances as the match wore on. Moon's good. I I think we're maybe a couple of games away from seeing him start on a regular basis. And we said this before the season started. I really like having Latif Blessing. Come off the bench. I'm sure he's not going to agree. No athlete, no competitor is going to want to come off the bench. But Latif Blessing adds a different dynamic when he comes off the bench at the 60th, 65th minute than he does when he starts because he hustles hard. He wins balls. He gets knocked all over the place, but he gets up, he doesn't complain, and he takes care of business. Love seeing Latif Blessing into the game. Yeah, I was a little
1: disappointed, Philly, in about the 79th minute when Colorado subbed Cole Bassett off because he was almost like having a 12th man on the pitch for LAFC in this match. I thought he was awful in possession. He was awful in trying to make runs. Cole Bassett just had a really rough game, or at least that's what I saw for Colorado. So I was upset when they subbed him out. And that was right after, by the way, Colorado had just missed connecting on a one-two ball through the box. There was just nobody there. And of course, 85th minute, uh, one of those moves that got the crowd buzzing a little bit there, the little back heel by Diego Rossi ah, there yes. in the 85th minute, a little razzle-dazzle, a little sizzle to go at the stake there, looking real good with that was Diego Rossi. And, and And honestly, Philly, another huge break for LAFC in the 87th minute, a perfect ball in once again by Colorado. And there were three or four times in this match, Philly. Three or four times in this match where Colorado put it near frame, maybe on frame, maybe just around the frame, where you thought, wow, this could this game could have wound up much more painful for the LAFC Faithful than it did with our final score line of two to one.
0: Yeah, it was Andre Shinyashiki who had that almost goal. And Shin Yishiki, if you were a University of Denver alum, you clearly know his name because his statistics in college are unreal. In the 16 or so minutes that he came into the game, he had an impact and he nearly scored a goal. Thankfully, he didn't get that. Barrios nearly had a couple in the first half. We We, we lucked out. Thankfully, we say it all the time, football can be a cruel mistress, but the football gods... We're in favor of us today. Yes, sir. We we were 88th minute. Farfan comes in for Cheeky Palacios. That uh, we gives us that moves us in a stoppage. Five minutes of stoppage. Nothing really transpires over the course of that. A ball from Atuesta comes out of play, at play. A corner here and there. An attempt by the Rapids once again above the crossbar. And I love seeing Pablo Cisniega getting into it with the Rapids players. Very very good stuff. But the whistle blows. LAFC wins, and we get another win at Bank of California Stadium. The Colorado Rapids remain a, a goose egg, a, a winless team in Bank of California Stadium, which is a good thing. Their three-game winning streak comes to an end, and we break out of our two-game slump. LAFC now with a record of 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. Colorado, 3-2-1, Rapids. Look, we've
1: talked about this. We said this on One More Sleep. We said this on the podcast earlier. We are in an incredibly unique position here with LAFC to take nine points from our next three matches. I said 10 points in our next four. We've got a little bit of traveling to do here on the back end of it, but an absolutely Beautiful performance by LAFC. You don't always have to win perfectly. Sometimes you just have to win. And we did tonight. And just like that, Philly, vaulting up the MLS Western Conference standings in 13th now Dallas, 12th Minnesota, 11th Austin, 10th Vancouver, and now 9th, LAFC, 9th coming off. Of the mat, a huge response for LAFC tonight. And I couldn't be more proud of our club finding a way to get the win 2-1.
0: You'd have to be a moron to think that LAFC is a last place team. A moron or a Galaxy fan. One way or another, morons. Just kidding. Just kidding. LAFC climbing their way back up the ranks. And one big, situ- one big deal, uh, some stats that I want to point out. Over the course of the Seattle game, most of the chances that were created came from the midfield. But if you look at LAFC, chances created. We had three from Corey Baird. We didn't have any. We had maybe one last time. We had four chances created from Diego Rossi. He didn't have any chances created in the last game. We had four chances created from Carlos Vela. That is a significant amount of chances. That's 11 chances created by your front line. And that's what needs to happen. That's what's going to help a team take care of business. That's nothing that we saw over the course of the game against Seattle. So LAFC with a well-deserved win, 2-1, to one, defeating the Colorado Rapids. It was good stuff. As far as statistics individually for some of our players, the guy who had the most touches and the best passing accuracy, once again, our star midfielder, Edward Atuesta, 108 touches, 92 total passes, 86% passing accuracy. He stays consistent in that mark, which again, to me, what he does does, and some of the qualities that he has that don't necessarily fall along the scoring lines. He's so good in that midfield. He's yelling and commanding everybody in the midfield. I love Edward Atuesta. Look, the thing and about he had three shots too, by the way. Yeah, look
1: the thing about Bob Bradley, right? You can have coaches sit down and plan and go through the X's and O's with you left and right. But the thing about Bob Bradley. What must infuriate some people, what must completely captivate others, is that in a sort of serious kind of Bill Walton way, sometimes Bob Bradley is a little nebulous with his answers. Something about, oh, you know, you can't shy away from the moment, but you have to be ready to have good ideas. He says things all the time about you have to be ready for the moment and be ready with ideas, ideas, ideas. Well, look. I've never come up with an idea that helped me score a goal. Usually it had to do with taking a shot or making a pass or something like that.
0: Oh, that kind of shot! But
1: what I saw today, Philly, and I know you felt it too, and I know people at the bank felt it too, Bob Bradley has been preaching ideas, 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 going out and seizing the moment. For the first time, Philly, since parts of that Philadelphia game, Last year, the 3-3 draw, for the first time really since that game at Bank of California Stadium, we started to see LAFC play with some more swagger, to play with a little bit of wiggle, that cheeky back heel by Diego Rossi, that great dummy by Carlos Vela that he made. You started to see, guys, if they weren't making overlapping runs, they were at least making the runs in their lane. This, this is LAFC. This is the team you've been waiting for. And I don't think, Philly, it's any coincidence that it happens when Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi are both on the pitch and starting at the same time. I challenge you to tell me that a Major League Soccer team would watch our first 45 minutes... And not be very worried about what is to come for this club, for our club, Philly, over the remaining about, what, 28, 29 games or so in the season. This, this is LAFC. Was it perfect? No, not at all. Look, we conceded. We had plenty of opportunities where we could have conceded again. But we did what we had to do. What do you always talk about? Luck, right? I think it's you, Philly, that says. Was it preparation and opportunity come together, and that's yeah. what makes luck, right? That's that's a Phillyism from the Book of Philly, three sixteen, I think it is. So, Philly
0: three sixteen says, "LaFC just whoop your ass." There you
1: go. But honestly, like Philly, wasn't it great to watch LaFC play again?
0: Ah, uh, yes, it was a team that we remembered. Now I learned something really interesting from the girls. We were at LaFC HQ earlier on in the day and we bumped in to the commander. A lot of people that are within the North End know who the commander is. He's part of District 9 Ultras. One thing that a story that he relayed to Nina and Panda is that without LAFC's knowledge, without the players knowing, there was a contingent of supporters that went over to the performance center and they did their thing. They were cheering. They were supporting the boys, letting them know that even in these rough times we stand with them. It is so easy to jump on board a club's success when they're doing well, which in in part is the definition of a plastic fan, which is something that we get accused That's of. That's what Carson calls us all the time, right?
1: Oh, this is a plastic fan base, this and that. Well, this is your chance yeah. right now to prove that we're not.
0: Indeed. Through good times And in bad, look, Mark Anthony K received an ugly tweet from some moron who isn't even an LAFC supporter. And if you would have read what that tweet was or that Instagram post, it was ugly. A lot of people get down on our team and they criticize. And look, we're not going to tell you not to criticize. But sometimes some of the things that are said on social media, you think these boys don't know. Yeah, they're consummate professionals. But if people were talking negatively about you, you would probably take that into account too. Don't be so quick to say, oh, they're pro players, they can do this, they can take it. Nah, because most people can't, and I would imagine to say that the people that are the harshest are the ones who can't take the criticism either. But through good times and in bad, we stick to our team. And I want to say, perhaps that um, episode of the supporters going to the Performance Center and rooting and and cheering our boys had to add a little firepower to them, knowing that, you know what? Our fans do love us, not that there was ever a question about it, but it's got to add some excitement to the players, which has to add some pep into their step. They were playing far more confident, creating chances, and I'm not saying that was it, but I'm sure that had to help. No,
1: you're absolutely right. I think that coupled with the fact that the 3252 was near full, Bank of California Stadium rocking louder than it has in about a year or so. I thought that all of those things came together. Plus, by the way, Bob by Bradley. No, I'm going to borrow this line from Chris Berman. Nobody circles the wagons like LAFC. I really thought it was it was a great showing and a much needed effort here by LAFC. You know, somebody wanted to talk to me after the match, Philly, as we were walking back over to do our little hit on 110 football. We had a lot of fun there in their post game instant reaction. But somebody kind of stopped and said, "Yeah, but what about this?" I stopped and I said, blah, blah, blah. "We got three points against a team that was top four in the West, a team that plays very well on the road." Yes, things weren't perfect, but if you're looking for perfect, first of all, stop watching MLS. Not the league for you. <laughs> if you're looking for perfect, maybe you can watch maybe some La Liga, maybe some Serie, A. watch Bundesliga, you know, maybe some Bundesliga, maybe some Premier League. You know, maybe some some Liga One. If you want to watch some some perfect football, and even then, you're not going to find it very often. Trust me, if you're wanting for perfect football, probably shouldn't be watching MLS. But what you get is a team that earned three points today. They definitely earned three points today. So for all of you out there that are looking to nitpick this result, do yourself a favor and just enjoy the damn win. We got it. We're gonna be getting at least two more in a row on this homestand, Philly. We've got. I'm just so bummed and and sad that we're gonna be missing this game, Philly. We're gonna be we're gonna be celebrating Nina's birthday next weekend, guys. Because I think you birthday, might need to
0: show some joy after that. Comment. Oh no,
1: for sure, for sure, her birthday is Wednesday. We're going to be celebrating on Saturday. We're going to Philly and I are going to miss the match and Philly and I don't miss matches for anything that is not as important as this is. This is extremely important to all of us, but we are going to be missing the match. And moreover, it's Philly's old club the team. Philly really used to be an NYCFC supporter. I, I was really looking forward to this match, but you know, my my girlfriend had to go and be born right around this time. So nuts. We, we're gonna we're gonna really enjoy ourselves while we are celebrating the the birth of Nina uh, several <laughs> several years ago, but not too many years ago because she'll get mad if I say how many years ago it was.
0: Far less years than you and I, my friend.
1: Definitely, that is for sure. We are gonna miss the match, but I can't wait. Philly, because we're still going to pot about it. We're still going to watch the match. We're not going to miss the match, miss the match, miss the match, miss the match. We're actually going to watch the match, but just not at Bank of California Stadium.
0: Yeah, and it is what it is. So... I mean, you, you said it. If, if, you've got, if you're going to nitpick at this result and not be satisfied with it, then what, what, then what are you doing? This is supposed to be entertainment. It's supposed to be fun. We're not going to dominate every single team. We're going to squeak by. We're going to squeeze by. And look, if we're going to win ugly, I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. Enjoy the ride, man. Enjoy the ride. A 2-1 to win is far better than a 2-0 shutout where we lose. Have some fun with this. This is good. It's Saturday. It's going into Sunday. There's justice in the world. LAFC one. We're all right, baby. We're all right. Yeah. You
1: know, it's it's going to be a, a good season, guys. It's going to be a long season, but we're going to write the ship. We're it's in the a process. Season. We're, we're, we're in the process of writing the ship right now. We are and i love what bob is trying to do mixing up formations mixing up rotations mixing up a little bit uh, on the wing backs there and and all the offense that he's trying to generate with the forwards look everything will be fine just relax people and enjoy the ride on our way to mls cup at the end of 2021 this has been episode 147 yeah of the most LAFC podcast, I believe Philly did say solar system. I so did. We'll, we'll go with solar system, and we can't wait to record 148 because it's going to be great. A big win over the team from the uh, the the Big Apple state. It's going to be fun. Three points against NYCFC, and you know how I like to it. We like to end all of our episodes here on Defenders of the Bank. Bye bye. bye. bye.